0: What's up y'all, Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going, I'm the Celtic Warrior, James. Lord here. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on
1: the Rocks. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks
0: maple syrup I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks
2: big cheers to fans for sports network as we get into Smackdown and what happened here uh, Bianca Belair started the show Uh, overall though I mean we don't have to go segment by segment I'm as we get into it I'm loving the damage control stuff in general I think Bailey's hit a new gear i've always thought she was fantastic and i feel like she's doing even better than she was when she was in the thunderdome era uh which is pretty peaked at bailey at the time right so that's, that's uh,
1: saying a lot yeah yeah
2: um before i get your take on that real quick i do want because we're talking wwe now a little bit clump what was the the stuff that really hooked you back into wwe
0: I think the stuff with KO and Sammy really kind of got me going into it again. I really uh, and Cody, Cody coming in and having that story uh, that that started WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> I was a little bit perturbed by his uh, Hell in the Cell match. Where, good God, that was terrible. <laughs> but yep. seeing him come back and then seeing the people around him, I watched at WrestleMania and everything I watched on WrestleMania made me so happy and then i've just been kind of slowly getting back into it um i've really liked it feels like nxt at its best but it's brought to everything Mm -hmm. all the stuff i love in triple h nxt um you see that storytelling everywhere and it makes me so happy
1: yeah
2: it's pretty cool because i was thinking about that too and i think that uh, people think about the NXT black and gold era and they talk about how it was their favorite and it was because of Adam Cole and DIY and all that. And I'm like, no, no, no. It wasn't. H. It was because of Triple H. Yeah. And those were the tools that Triple H had. Now that he's in charge of this, he's got a much bigger toolbox. Mm-hmm. Big old hefty tools. Girthy tools. <laughs> but he's uh, he's do- he's he's able to... Take that vision and and have, I mean, I guess there's no nice way to say it, I guess, but with a much higher caliber of talent, are already well, primed he, and ready, you know?
0: Well, and he also, like, what brought me back in, too, is he has that awesome, strong, veiny set of tools around him, mm-hmm. and he's vascular. able, yeah, vascular, <laughs> <laughs> he's able to make a more complete show. He has yeah. spots that your indie fans will like. He has spot like he has yeah. the silly little things that you you see in a PWG show where DIY pats each other in the back in the middle of a match, and you're like, yeah, and that team is at this great level because you you don't like Johnny wrestling, but Tommaso Ciampa is amazing. Yeah, 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 and you see what he's done with everyone, and it's to me the most complete wrestling show. It, it's. It's what I liked in AJPW.
2: Yeah, yeah. It has everything, that's for sure. Because there's definitely stuff I don't like. But I can tell that that's for certain people. Like all the DIY stuff, I'm all like, this is a a poor rehashing of a thing that worked in a small venue that's just not clicking. But there's a fan base that misses these guys and is enjoying this, right? So I also never feel like there's something here for no reason.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely true, and I think sometimes he, he does overdo it, like he even said at the press conference, you know, Survivor Series, especially the men's match, was about interweaving as many storylines as he could, and sometimes that, that does sacrifice from, you know, some enjoyment, yeah. but you know, you had mentioned last week, I believe on episode one, that you know, Raw SmackDown might be hit or miss, but you gotta go when they're in town, and I don't necessarily disagree, even though I didn't go when they were in town this past Sunday. No. Um, but I have a lot of entertainment value in Raw and SmackDown. Like, I sit there and I'm not I'm not mad that I watch the show. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, I, I do think it's kind of both. Um, but him being able to have these tools in a toolbox, like, you see now how, you know, the tag division is in its separate spot. Um, to your point, to circle it back to SmackDown, you know, I think you're seeing Bailey on this new level because now damage control is centered around what Bailey can do instead of boosting up damage control. And that's something that triple H always put in his back pocket, right? Oh, you're going to take the entire women's division from me. Leave me Bailey and Oscar. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna build his divisions uh, in a particular way. And if he's going to rebuild, honestly, if he's going to rebuild the tag division around DIY, I don't necessarily have a problem with that because they are quality wrestlers. Technically, um, that other other people will have great matches. FDR had great matches with them. AOP had great matches with them. So it's not like they can't they can't build around them. But I agree with you on the entertainment value wise. I'm not a big fan of them either. Yeah, I like it. Uh,
2: The damage control Bianca thing. I really like it. I just I still feel like we're shoehorning Charlotte in pretty heavily that. I'm not feeling a Charlotte character at all. Shasis I feel like is like her character's broken out in a big way like she has a presence that's great but I still think that she's like floundering on like you know the fundamentals really like the talking and the the not looking reckless thing but at the same time maybe that's just part of her style maybe she's actually incredibly safe but looks reckless that could be cool if that was something she was perfecting you know what I mean wild child yeah. kind of concept but and I'm not smart enough to know. But,
1: you know, well, I definitely think with Shotzi, less is more. And this version of her to your point is. The most palatable, like there's less yeah. to complain about, if you will, uh, yeah. which is always good because that's technically improvement if there's less to complain about, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I love the hair. I, I She just owns every bit of her character. She's always done that. She's always owned 100 percent of her character. And I absolutely love that about her.
2: Yeah. Uh, can I get your guys' opinions on? I mean, because we had Butch versus Bobby Lashley, uh, which was a pretty cool match to watch. Uh, yeah. the I, I don't know if Ridge is hurt or what they had him walk out for. Like, I don't understand. Are we breaking Butch away to where he's going to be Pete Dunne? Is that what we're really doing here, or are we breaking Ridge away so Seamus can come back and partner with Butch? Like, I just don't I know. What we're doing.
0: You think so? I think it's the latter. I think Pete's or Butch is a fantastic wrestler in the ring. Um, I think he still needs Seamus to round him out.
1: Yeah. I think and I think, I think maybe key.
0: they're trying to have him stand on his feet for a bit before Seamus comes out. So maybe they're more, you know, let, let him kind of stand up. My big takeaway from that is when are they going to acknowledge that Bobby and the Street Profits aren't heels? The Street <laughs> Profits,
2: I think, are heels. Bobby Lashley's definitely not. I mean, people love they,
0: Bobby Lashley. The crowd loves all of them. Like it—it's it, weird it. to me how <laughs> <laughs> how they're booking. Marsh, their your field.
1: bias is showing. <laughs> Sorry. now yeah.
0: <Mark. laughs> yeah, they're 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 he they're, they're baby faces all th- all day long, and they need to acknowledge it. Like you can try and make them bad guys all you want, but basically, what they're to me is. What was the? I forget the stable. What was the stable that Bobby Lashley was in with MVP and uh hurt business. yeah, the hurt, business. the hurt Business was great as heels, <laughs> but these guys—they're just too over. They—they can't, they can't be the Hurt Business. they they are they, like the Nation of Domination. It's not going to work. It's bad guys. They're just too good.
1: Well, I think I think one thing that's lacking. and Marsh and I have talked about this a few times uh, on episode one, and I think on a on episode one as well that the street prophets biggest problem is that they don't step outside of their character they stay their Back. character Andrew Dawkins can't turn it off all his mannerisms and actualities like all that all the stuff if he didn't do that and presented mm-hmm. himself more domineering but they can't they gotta come out they got to joke they gotta laugh and all they are now is street prophets with suits on and that's yeah. why they that's why they still appeal as baby faces. But if they change the demeanor of who they are, they can come off as heels, which I think is the point of this particular team up. You don't need the Street Profits to join Bobby Lashley just to become more Street Profity. That just doesn't make sense. It doesn't and it doesn't it doesn't help anybody. So the fact that the Street Profits are still coming out doing the same mannerisms, that's I I actually find that as a weakness as opposed to needing to acknowledge them as babyface.
2: Yeah, I I think that's kind of where I land on it is that I don't think the company needs to acknowledge them as baby faces. I think they need to stop fucking around and be heels because they're coming off to me as clowns. You know what I mean? Like even Montez's stupid lip curl is a childish way to go about. I'm a bad guy. Now you can tell because my lip is up and I snarl. That's what bad guys do. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, It's just it's clownish and yeah the 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 crowd doesn't forget that they're goofy and silly clowns that make them laugh and so until they do that they won't be heels and so i think that i don't know that it's that they're miscast versus that they're just not putting themselves in it at all you know like yeah i don't i don't think you can say that the maximum male models was a massive success but you can't take away from the fact that the guys who were in it put themselves into that character and they were nowhere near retribution. They were nowhere near Mansoor from Saudi Arabia. Like they gave it everything. And there's a lot of respect I have for those guys for doing it. Uh, I'm not seeing these guys give it their all. And I know they can, you know? Yeah. Um, Santos versus Joaquin. I fucking loved, dude. Well, apparently, I was Joaquin Wild's first one-on-one match in years. Like, since since Phantasma oh. came together.
1: Yeah, came was crazy. Santos, awesome. It was
0: so good. Like, that, that... And it speaks to just how much of a talent Santos is. Like, and Joaquin, too. But, like, these are... Uh, Santos, to me, is the next... Like, the dude's got a rocket strapped to him. Yeah, he's incredible, dude. He's yeah. awesome.
2: Uh, yeah, dude, his promos have been killer, too. And I've met him a couple times, and he couldn't be nicer. Like, he plays such a good asshole, dude. The way he was all yeah. like, I hope your surgery didn't go well. <laughs> and you get an infection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so good because that was also like being an asshole without like going too far. Like a lot of these, like, especially like indie type people would be like, I hope you die. Or I'll murder right. you. I'm going to break your back. I'm going to send you out in a body bag. And that's all like, ooh, cool. you're not going to do any yeah, right. <laughs> right? That's and actually they, not going
1: to happen. Yet. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's one of the issues I have with uh, a lot of Moxley's promos. As much as I like the guy and think he's a really good talker, he does always go back to, and I'm going to drink your blood and break your bones. But then you don't do that. Yeah. And then now we have Hangman Page who did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a whole right. other topic. Yeah, but you can't keep saying you're gonna do a thing to sound tough and not do those things and still try to be tough, right? Where this was awesome because it's all like it wasn't like I hope you die in there or I'm gonna kill you when you get out or I'm gonna send you right back. It's I hope you get
0: an infection and lose your legs. <laughs> like, yeah. right. What whole <laughs>
2: thing to say that could
0: happen? Unless you're new, <laughs> Jack, get murder out of your like vocabulary. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, good cop bad cop
2: he says I saw DJ Z at my second indie show great to see him on WWE rooting for this guy so much yeah Joaquin Wild is his name now he was DJ his last name was crazy it wasn't DJ Z but he had like a long Z name I don't remember what it was but I met him a couple of times too and he was cool as fuck like and he opened up dude I just was dude I saw him backstage of a thing and I started talking to him and he started telling me about Basically what went into him signing the contract and not going to AEW and like
0: he was talking about the contract stuff and I was like, you do not need to tell me any of that. <laughs> um, so the, um, the, they gave me this much as an advance and you know, I've, I've guaranteed this much down. My, my downside guarantee is X and you just sitting there like that. That's great. Do you do mm. this to everyone? Mm, <laughs> you just tell people? Uh, I want to see Carlito back. He's awesome. I want to ask you
2: guys. I've been wanting to ask you guys. I I said it out loud when I saw this bullshit go down. Adam Pearce and Nick Aldis try so hard to put themselves over. Mm-hmm. And they are, with all due respect, boring indie NWA champions who never, they were great in the ring. Neither one of them can get themselves over. Yeah. Right? That's why they were where they were for so long. Maybe they weren't given the opportunities. I don't know. But, and I really do think both those guys are great in certain regards. But now you're a GM on a show where your job is to put over the rest of the talent. And I fucking hated when Adam Pierce screamed war games. That whole thing. Ripping the glasses off and shaking his head. You want to play games? Like, who the fuck are you, dude? Like, what are you doing? This whole back and forth with Adam Pearson and Nick Aldis. I feel like they're trying so hard to prove that they can still go or something, that this is their big shot yeah. at getting a title. Like, I feel like they're putting so much of their pro wrestler into these that I feel like it takes away from the GM that is these things to the I point like where I'm all like, they're trying to overshadow the talent in the room.
0: Especially with this, I feel like what happened is... He got he signed with WWE and then found out he was going to be a character, he was going to be a, a character, not a performer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And truthfully, like Nick this in the ring is one thing. Nick this on the mic was not ever what, like, he, he had the look and he did good in the ring, but he was never the promo guy.
2: No, and his promos were fine,
0: but they weren't, you know I mean, fantastic. they
2: were Yeah, you didn't yeah. share them. You know what I mean? The best promo he ever did was never aired. Like I was there live when he was recording, uh, his thing with, uh, actually he was, he was in the middle of the story with Marty scroll and they had like a sit down interview with Sean Mooney. That was the best I ever saw Nick talk. I thought it was incredible. I was like, man, wait till people see this. And then it never aired. uh, For a lot of reasons, (laughs) Uh, a bunch of stuff happened, COVID included and all that stuff. So, Uh, It just it never it never aired, and in my mind, that was the one thing where I was going to tell people you got to watch this. That's the only thing I've seen Nick Aldis do that that I felt like you got to watch, and then no one literally got to watch it. So it was interesting, (laughs) but um, but yeah, I'm getting super annoyed by Adam Pearson. Nick Aldis's attempts to
1: get over, I suppose.
2: Bishop, have you been feeling
1: anything from them? No, I well, I think Nick Aldis is a charisma vacuum. I mean, I said that as soon as he came out. He just he lacks. Something that a lot of um, uh, foreign talent do is they lack the ability to inflect on. Even though he speaks English, um, English verbiage like there's a, a way Americans speak that brings you up and down with how they how they talk. I think like Dragunov, he's you know Russian, right? He's a master at it. But even oh, yeah. Gunther, Gunther in a promo, he'll soliloquy, but he won't get out of his register, right? So he he tends to like drone. But I think all this does that, and because he drones, it's not. It's not captivating. So, um, yeah, I have, a, I have a big problem with all this. I actually like the Adam Pierce war games, um, but I didn't like how he set it up. He said war too many times. He said game too many times. You know, yeah. so, but when you're saying, like, I feel like they're overshadowing the talent, I wouldn't necessarily disagree, but I also think it might be their direction. I think they oh. have to come off as, hey, I need you guys to go out there and show that you're imposing forces. You know what I mean? Not that... You got I I want you to upstage the town here or you have free reign to do this. I don't think that at all. I think they have to go out there and show that they're worth their weight in in whatever WWE wants them to be. So if we're gonna say that your authority, hey guys, I need to go out there, show your authority. Um so but the the battle over Randy Orton, I thought was atrocious because you're not you're not those guys, you know, but you are position-wise, but you're not those guys. Like you're not maybe, maybe if they told us these guys are both former NWA world champions. They have a history together in some way, shape or form or not, you know, that maybe, maybe we would feel the tension a bit more, but they couldn't create the own, their own tension. Um, but Adam Pierce has grown on me. I do think he stutters a little too much Mac and fart. You know what I mean? He trips on his words, but you know, at the end of the day, um, I don't necessarily have a problem with them, but all this, he's, he's one note, man. He just plays at one note the entire time. And I, hopefully he can get better i just don't see it
2: clump do you think they're trying to build a match that's my fear oh shit i didn't even think about that <laughs> <laughs> i think they could and here's my problem is i think that they if they were not asked for yeah i think that there's two ways to look at it because one triple h he milks everything to the to like he milks it everything goes on forever Some stories Mm -hmm. have been going on way too long. Other ones uh, um, he'll just kind of get back to my favorite thing about long-term storytelling that I think people miss. And and then we'll get back on topic is people talk shit about like the happenstance long-terms. This guy went away, he resigned this guy resigned and now we can kind of pick up where we left off. And it's like, yeah, that wasn't intentional long-term storytelling, but it's the reward of having watched long-term And that, to me, is long-term storytelling. When you don't forget everything that's happened before, and you're able to piece that in, even if it's by happenstance, you're like, hey, wait a second. This is right in front of us. We haven't been planning it all along, but it works. It's the reward for having watched. That's the long-term story. I don't need you to actually write out the next four years of TV and then say that's long-term storytelling. It doesn't have to be. I actually prefer a lot of the happenstance stuff that, that occurs. You know, Like even Ric Flair's last match it was like actually like in WWE a lot of that I think was happenstance good yeah and a lot of that was <laughs> happenstance that turned into a thing where you go wait a second this works you know what I mean that to me is the best long-term storytelling not this let's let's drag this out for four years not know where we're going or we do know where we're going and we just don't know how to fill it in, in the middle like I don't need all that right with that in mind Survivor Series already passed. That was historically always a brand-versus-brand kind of concept that they've gotten away from. Then it was a champion-versus-champion concept that they've gotten away from, and now it's just a War Games pay-per-view. Could they be starting to plant the seeds now to next year's Survivor Series have Adam Pearce versus Nick Aldis? I could see that. Or at least in a five-on-five team where they're
0: the captains and they're in the ring, too. That would be the best way to do it. If they're both there, that would be the best way to do it. Because I was thinking WrestleMania Night Two, midway through, it's oh. Adam <laughs> versus all you know, just like when we had fucking Jerry Lawler versus
1: Michael Cole. We right. didn't need it; nobody wanted it. But here's it. Here it is. I don't know. I think I think WWE's done such a good job at their gimmick matches or their uh, carny matches, if you will, being important right logan paul and the Miz versus the mysterios uh bad bunny matches i don't think that they're they're gonna give us some gratuitous bullshit um yes i would like to see them build their own teams to go brand versus brand i think that would be awesome but we invest so much in what people are doing that could you imagine them picking somebody that you'd want you know like is is adam pierce gonna say hey I cody i want you to be on my survivor series team when you'd rather see Cody face Seth Rollins for the world title, you know, so how could they get us in storyline with five people or four people that we care about? I just don't know. I don't know how that could happen because we have, you know, all these mini fantasy bookings that we want to see. We want to see LA Knight versus X, Y, Z, not in survivor series, but I guess I got to carry the show some more. keep me the solo shot ramble all day. Um, But as far as it goes, I mean, I do like figureheads. I think we all like figureheads on the shows, um, except, I mean, shit, the the anonymous general manager was pretty dope too. So I don't know um, if they if they build towards something, um, you know, loser leaves town match. That'd be pretty cool. Hopefully, uh, Adam Pierce wins that, and Nick Aldis can go find a suit that you know his shoulders can move in. Um, yes, maybe a new haircut. Um, but yeah, he's I don't know. I just, I'd like to see something different. That's all I got. I you can of take the camera off me.
0: <laughs> I think Marsh and I both disappear. I was
1: going to say, this is usually, so he put the solo on me with something that I've already talked about. And then I have to carry it until he gets back. But, um, no, I, I've never actually never seen anything of all this. I've heard his interviews. Um, he did a great interview on my buddy's podcast, the Chaos Theory podcast, which no longer exists, but it was a fantastic nice. interview. Um, you know, he's he's got a mind for the business and an idea on where he wanted NWA to be. And they they brought it to a certain point. COVID killed everything. I mean, that's something that, you know, Marsha said for a while that had COVID not happened, NWA would probably still be, you know, probably ahead of impact on how uh, – How palatable they were, and how well they were they were performing. You know, I think
0: COVID hurt it. I think Corgan killed it. You think so? I think just like AEW or NWA became Corgan's like he owned it. Became his his, his singular
1: vision. Yes. Yeah.
0: And they didn't have the they didn't have the talent pool. So it became just that, and, I mean, it's kind of rough. But, no, I – Well, you know what? That I one remember.
1: guy left, too, that started a, a new promotion in Atlanta. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot who that was, but I guess um, Martian producer lady went to see that um, that promotion in Arizona like a year ago. Uh, oh, MLW. So maybe that's part of it, too. What did, what did he do, man? I- <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know why you're the spotlight. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. If I more, more. if I was driving the show, or we uh, or we had pre-show notes on what we were actually going to talk about, then I can I can go a little bit longer. But on uh, Nick Aldous and Adam Pierce, how much time did he expect me to fill? <laughs> I don't
0: know, but I think you need to negotiate
1: your contract a little bit better. Man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <work>. <laughs> the fan if first starting role right now. You know shit yeah man what so what of aldis have you seen like just shitty promos shitty is promos, he actually like a good uh, wrestler
0: decent i mean he can hold his own he can carry a title he 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 did his when nwa had the title on him it didn't feel bad like it it felt good it felt carry well he i think brought a scent like a sense of like Prestige Prestige. to it. He looked it. Yeah. yeah, He, the dude looks like a million bucks. Like he, he is the prototypical, like, wrestler. He's six foot four. He's built like a tank. You know, he's, he's, he's a monster, but I feel like it was the around him that hurt him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I think, like, I remember watching NWA and the highlight to me was Aaron Stevens. With uh Bo Cephas acting, you know, because they're they had the talk and they could work in the ring. Aldous, I feel like he just didn't have the voice, and I don't Mm. think he does still. I think I also think both him and uh Adam Pierce, what they're trying to do, or they they keep well, especially Aldous, they keep coming off like. We don't have William Regal, but damn it, we want real William Regal.
1: And the crazy thing is they do have him. Oh, he's back there? They do have him. He, so he, he negotiated his contract a year ago to get out of AEW, and he was supposed to be off of TV for a year. And that was right after Survivor Series because they um they did a, uh, a video for War Games, and it was everyone's voice but Regal's. And then right afterwards, I, I want to say it's around now, is when he negotiated his contract to get out because his son just started in NXT. So supposedly he negotiated out because, yeah, his son, Charlie Dempsey, is in NXT. Um, And part of the negotiation was that he had to be off of TV for a year. So, But I I hear you. I hear you. Um, It'd be interesting. And and that's why, honestly, that's why I thought all this coming over for a GM role was was a little shocking because I knew the Regal thing was coming up. I don't know if, I actually don't know if he signed with WWE, but I know he's not allowed to be on TV for a year.
0: Yeah, they're probably, I, I and it's funny to hear that part, you know, the wasn't a big thing with AEW. Like they, they had big criticisms of the WWE contract system. Yeah. And that's nope. what they do is they like have a, a non compete clause for him like that. That's yeah. A gym.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's hysterical because it, mostly with the fan base, you know, the, the the fan base are the ones who go, oh, how can WWE, uh, you know, do a 90-day non-compete? And then Marshall always brings it up. Like, they're also paid for the 90 days. Like, it's not yeah. 90 days, you can't work, you can't make money, we're not going to pay you. It's like, no, 90 days to sit at home and then yeah. you get paid and then go get paid somewhere else. Yeah, this <laughs> thing with, I and I don't know if he got – I'm sure he got paid as well. We'll pay out for a year, just can't be on TV. Um but yeah, that because that, that definitely came up a year ago for sure. Oh yeah,
0: no, and I, I do hope he does go back because he such an eye for talent, such a good voice. Always like well, Regal was perfect,
1: and oh, that's yeah, and that's another name too when he was in AEW. People not taking his advice. Mm-hmm. You know, a, another guy who basically groomed everyone who was in AEW at the time. You know, he was he was the one before Shawn Michaels to give all these guys notes that Triple H couldn't translate. You know, because he's producing or whatever. You know, he's the one you know helping groom all of Undisputed Era to be more palatable on TV. You know, and they uh, put Alistair Black, all that. You know,
0: well, and I feel like he, from the outset, like they put him the only person they put him with that could have been helped, but well. Moxley needs help but that I think needed him when they put him in AEW was Wheeler Yuta but they put him with all these old pros and they're all great you know I don't think I think every one of them right now would be in such a better spot in WWE than they are in AEW Moxley included yeah like I think I Cesaro you know he, I don't know if he'd have as many titles as I wanted him to have, but the dude would be putting on amazing matches and would have
1: great stories. Well, he went out on top too. Like he was, yeah. he, he went out wrestling Roman, and he he got his spotlight to show what he can do, and he needed Daniel Bryan to carry him on the microphone. But how was he not one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time? Yeah, what the he bar. did, you know, the bar, what he did with Nakamura. You know, he's uh, him and Tyson kid, you know, it, the, the bar, but the bar was incredible. That was something that was, should have never happened. That turned out yeah. to be amazing.
0: Yeah. The bar was easily one of my favorite, like teams in wrestling of all time, you know, and, you know, I still regularly, when I want to smile, I'll go and watch uh, the bar three-way match with uh, the new day and um, the um, G- Gallows and Anderson where where cesaro just goes through everyone like that yeah that sequence i'm i just like go through like this is the best sequence ever
1: <laughs> yeah it's just incredible so you know and that well that's the other thing too right him christian edge i mean they're in their 40s as well but when you look at the the roster that wwe has how many more 40 year olds do they need right i mean um I but yeah i, I hear you i think all those young guys um even Swerve, like, his match with Hangman grossed me out. Did you see that? Um, the, yeah, the, the blood spot. Yeah.
0: It was too much. It was gratuitous. Yeah.
1: yeah, for sure. And and it all happened at the beginning of the match. Like, it's within the first 15 minutes, or first, really, the first two minutes, Hangman is handcuffed and mm-hmm. or duct taped, you know, and he's getting his ass beat. And then within the next, you know, four minutes, he's drinking Swerve's blood. They built nothing. It was like, let's just beat each other up and and get bloody. And when you look at that and you see the fanfare behind it, okay, over, right? Let's use the term over. He's over with that crowd, but like, is he putting in like this quality storytelling? You know, like they, um, I was perusing Twitter while we were recording and Saw that him and Mox stood side by side, and somebody tweeted, Oh, this feels so big already. And I'm like, Why? Because they're both willing to, like, barely, you know, reach death before uh, before giving up.
0: It felt like that that match felt to me beneath both of them.
1: Hangman both is worth it. Yeah.
0: Both of them could percent. do so much more without needing to be that gory, you yeah. know, and do spots that. That, that blood the blood blood in the mouth spot to me was absolutely gross and like there's a reason there's many reasons we've moved away from so much blood one and most most importantly health having blood spots like that you know there's a reason we don't do it there's people like Abdullah the butcher who gave people hepatitis you know
1: yeah and and regardless put- of the regardless of the checks and balances of blood tests or what have you or or any other backstage situation like what is the optic really doing though you know like yeah how how cool are you that you put somebody's blood in your mouth and spit it in the air like triple h like that that does this is a and that's a guy who when i first saw him i was like well he should be the first AEW world champion now it's like does he even have that in him you know
0: yeah, I he he's one that I would love to see in WWE, and I think he would be in a much better spot in WWE. I think Hangman has a lot going for him. He's one of my favorite talents they have. He was to me somebody you could build a promotion around, and they didn't. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Welcome Cheers. back, sir.
2: Cheers. I agree. I've been saying this since the first one. The, the second Jericho won the title. The first one, I said, well, they fucked that up pretty bad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, should have been Hangman from the get. Uh, and I even posted a meme at the time of Jericho holding up the title and uh, Hogan holding up the title when he first won it at <laughs> the NWO. And I was like, mark my words. Um,
1: it's, it's well, I mean, that. It
2: After Aldis and Pearson, you guys talk about Hangman. Did you talk about anything in between?
1: Um, no. I just kind of rambled to try to keep things afloat. All right, I guess I'll check it out uh let's see yeah join the show (laughs) thanks (laughs)
2: uh as we keep going though uh, uh that was kind of my big thing on the smackdown front if i'm honest uh i wanted to see what you guys thought about the the gms kind of putting themselves over big time uh i also thought it was interesting after having the big return of punk that he didn't show up on either Raw or SmackDown.
0: He's supposed to appear on SmackDown this week, but yeah, it is... It's weird.
2: Yeah. Uh, although the return of Randy Orton on SmackDown was cool. Logan Paul, his whole thing I thought was awesome. Who do you think the NXT guy's going to be in the match?
1: Hmm. I'll, I'll know more after Saturday. They're having deadline on Saturday, which is the the five way to see who gets the number one contendership. I would assume if Braun breaker doesn't win that, that he would be the one. I think it's a yeah. really good time for him to come up. I think he's solidified his heel character. I think his baby face character is still awesome. So I think he's ready for that. Some people have said Baron Corbin. I don't, I don't like that idea. I love what he's doing in NXT where he's showing that like, I'm the main event guy around here. Like he's, he's Jericho dick wagging, right? Like in, yeah. in NXT, but way better. Um, so the people who say Baron Corbin, I think, is, is too silly. But for the title, what it is, and who's already in the that whole thing, I think Brown Breaker would be a really good mix. He'd be good. I thought That's it was going
2: to be Wesley, but it's not now. He's got injured.
1: Yeah, um, he's got his back, back all messed up, huh? Yeah.
0: yeah. Which sucks, dude. I thought Wesley – said Logan eight to Paul, 12 dude, months. Fuck, dude. That was yeah. rough, too, when he came out and announced it with when he had the crutch and stuff. That was fucking yeah. rough. NXT has been good
2: lately. Uh, but Braun Breaker is probably a good one for that, if I'm honest. Because, uh, yeah, he's he's there's a few of them over there. I could see him. I could see Carmelo. Uh, there's a couple of them over there, like Wesley, like I saw when he's injured. Uh, just I thought that could, could be good to come up, because what are they doing down there anyways at this point? Uh, right. But also, kind of like you said, if it was Baron Corbin, then what the fuck are we doing? Because he's not an NXT talent. He's a free agent, according to the website, right? right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And on top of that... The thing that bothered me the most on NXT, if we can mention it for a quick second, was they had a fatal four-way for the shot at the NXT uh, North American title. And only one of the guys was from NXT. Yeah. Everyone else was a, was a raw talent. And you're like, okay, what, do you, what are we doing? So then when Wesley right. won, I was like, oh, I'm shocked. The NXT guy won for the NXT title shot.
1: So.
2: <laughs> uh, so yeah, I wouldn't want them to bring up an NXT guy who happens to also just be a main event or main roster guy who just happens to be an NXT right now. Right. Um, uh, before we talk about the very last uh, spot of it, the Bianca versus Kari Sane match. Was that weird to you guys? Yeah. It was,
0: it's odd storytelling. I think Kari coming in and lo- like looking her to lose is kind of, funky um i think it was meant to tell more of the story of damage control and like you know we're trying to set up the idea of bailey getting out of damage control but bailey wants to be in it and still wants this connection you know what's strange
2: to me is that i even said at the time and i know people really didn't like the kabuki warriors for their reasons but i thought that was the best use of kari Sane. i Mm -hmm. don't think she's as good as people say she's not as good as oscar she's not as good as Zio. As far as like the best Japanese women wrestlers that we brought over kind of a deal, you know, they were talking about Kari Sane was like the best wrestler in the world for a while there. And I'm just going like, she's just not like for, for me, for my watching, I've always thought she was a mediocre singles talent, but I've always thought she's really shined as a tag talent. So putting her in a one-on-one match here, I didn't know why you would do that. Keep her with the tags. You have a
0: whole group me? you can be doing that with. I think it's to kind of build like you're going to fight your way from from your our lowest totem to our highest totem.
2: Yeah. I mean, storyline, it made a ton of sense. But I'm saying like just her actual ability. Yeah. I don't think it's doing her any favors. I don't think she's that great of a singles wrestler. When she's given too much room to breathe, she starts doing a lot of silly stuff. And I don't know. She just I mean, she didn't have a ton of chemistry with Kari Sane or with Bianca. It wasn't a terrible match. And it was fine for the story. And I actually thought storyline wise it was solid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I liked I like the full story because it's again, it's the match was about Bailey, right? Yes. Bailey told you gotta go, but Bailey showing up for Kyrie, Kyrie losing, even with Bailey trying to help and Bailey being the fool. Uh, I mm. I absolutely love that. Um I'm actually more partial to Kyrie as a um as a singles, but to your point, she is more palatable in a tag team. I love the Kabuki War- Warriors. Um, I actually loved them when they turned on Paige. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Um, you know they did they did a great job. Um, oh yes, um, again, what when you had said in the beginning, Bianca's just not. She can't lead matches. I that would that was my biggest yeah. thing. That the hiccup when she is the A side leading the match. It's there's always a step missing as if she doesn't trust the other person to do the spot. So she extra weights, you know, mm. and, you know, it just it's going to come with time. You know, Um, again, she's fucking phenomenal. She's outstanding. She looks like a million bucks, but they're trusting her to lead matches. And hey, if you if you want to, I'll, I'll give them credit. They've probably never worked that much before together. And mm. for what they did, it was a really good match. It just was clunky. And it's no. just because all the pieces didn't quite fit. Could you see the picture? Absolutely. Did the pieces fit? Eh, not really.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Uh, let's wrap up SmackDown with the Randy Orton segment where he comes out there. They're doing his contract signing. Like you said, it was a little silly. Paul, Paul Heyman kind of taking over on it. Randy Orton's a badass. I like him on SmackDown. I think the whole Bloodline story that they have in front of them could be fucking killer. Uh the daddy's back thing is fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he like turned super baby face and uh RKO'd Nick Aldous. I loved it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was top of the night for me. I think that's that's where your um your opinion of Nick Aldis showed through so much. He he could not wait for the moment to happen. He was yeah. trying <laughs> to force himself to be in that moment because this is his turn to catch an ass whooping, you know? Yep. Yep.
0: See guys, I can fight too. Let me do things.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's what I mean. There's, there's, there's parts about Adam and Nick that both come off to me. Like they're auditioning for the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. Not that they're trying to execute their role to perfection, but they're trying to do whatever they can to show you, they should be having a bigger role. They should be in a different role. I'm not meant to be here. I'm meant to be there. You know what I mean? And like, Maybe they're right. I don't know. But it comes across that way in a weird way to me. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: Producer Lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support and buy us a drink by putting the I
0: and subscribe and reviewing our podcast. And cheers to Fans First Sports Network for keeping the dive bar lights on. I would never have a drink with wrestling we